This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! What a goal! post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Goes to Mitchell! How's it going? Yeah, I'm okay. Very, very tired as it was child number one's birthday this weekend. Uh, it's been a day of parties, not with little children running around, but family members, which can be just as uh, tiring, I suppose. But a good time was had by all. What about you? Are you all right? Yeah, well, it sounds like that's the main thing I mean, for me. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, just had a pretty chilled weekend, including uh, a Swindon game for the first time in a little while. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. Lovely. Okay. Well, shall shall we start with <laughs> shall we start with Harry McCurdy being hilarious? Where else would we start? Nowhere is the answer to that. So, uh, yes, Harry McCurdy's been hilarious on social media. Uh, he has officially now the power and ability to rattle a fan base in one word and one emoji um on instagram a luton fan messaged our very own harry stating what a legend wish you would come to luton lad thought it was nailed on lol um and to which harry replied with same with a (laughs) crying emoji attached Um, that has since been deleted and the message declared a joke Hilarious stuff, either way, though, Connor. <laughs> yeah, um, it, I really find it hard to see how like anyone would have not read that as a joke. 
um <laughs> I, I thought it was quite funny as well so yeah i mean it, it, it it's one of those things where we just have so little to talk about at the moment which feels weird on the eve of a season um that we have to discuss this and that this is what what the attention has been drawn to um yeah it, it's it's nothing more than a wind-up merchant making a joke um and i mean that not in a negative way um but yeah if, if it was any other player then maybe i'd read more into it but yeah with, with harry mccurdy like if, if you're like genuinely believing what he says on instagram then um yeah you need to <laughs> you probably need to like, get used to his oeuvre on instagram which is not always the most serious kind of uh space how many messages do you reckon he got from the club asking him to delete that at least one at least one yeah his usual jokes involve pistols and laughter and all that jazz i mean there's what is there to joke about at the moment there there's no football really of no he's not going to do it about the cardiff friendly because i mean it's a fitness exercise um he's not going to do it about well what, what else is i mean have you seen the state of the world rich the world's burning we you know it, it I don't know if I want his uh, his sort of takes on current affairs. So you know, once we get to the season, I'm sure hopefully we can uh, be enjoying his uh, funny little catchphrases and uh, references to what's happened during Swindon games. Um, but yeah, I, I don't blame him for sort of not having so much content in a while. Maybe this kind of comment has taken people a little bit aback just because we have not had much McCurdy content in a while, at least in terms of his sort of what he's been posting on social media. So um, I'm really looking forward to um, his personality, just like gearing up for um, a season of professional football again. Yeah, he's going to give Harriger a wallop, um, (laughs) I'm more than sure, in a week's time. I mean, it's almost as if he's not spent the last two weeks watching the Kane, Woolery, Sakara Spore unveil uh, video uh, from Twitter, which I've spent the last week and a half doing. Absolutely unbelievable. Have you seen it? You've seen it, right? I, I have seen it. Uh, well, I skipped through it because, you know, I don't have time for like a two and a half minute unveiling video. And I just tried to get the Spark Notes version of just all the highlights. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed what I saw. It's a very interesting uh, approach. For those who haven't seen it, it's stock footage of some sort of AI robot thing getting built or building up to something and then you can hear the cut between the stock footage ending and Kane Woolery appearing on screen then doing the most reluctant robot dance you'll ever see he, he doesn't sell it to me which I found tremendously disappointing yet hilarious I mean that, that's what makes it perfect though isn't it it's, it's the fact of the <sighs> the kind of half half effort uh nature of it is is what makes it quite as good i mean if it was like a genuine like high production quality thing i would think this is terrible but um, as it is excellent stuff um i mean it, it does go to show that the the summer is dragging on far too long that this is what we have to talk about um but you know no. good good work for uh, our, our friends in turkey yeah okay i get it let's talk about football then so we'll talk about game one from saturday at home the first and only home friendly of the season to championship Cardiff City. Uh, a strong lineup at the county ground. Solbrin starting in goal, Romeo Hutton, Louis Reed, Ben Gladwin, Johnny Williams, Tommy Adeloy, Harry McCurdy, Angus McDonald, who has been confirmed as the town captain for the coming season. We'll talk more about him a bit later. Kyan Harries, Tyree Shade and Kieran Brennan. So usual assumptions here is that 
this is the lineup or near damn it that will start against Harrogate. Maybe the big difference, maybe the goalkeeper, because they both got 45 minutes um, on the bench coming on was Tom Clayton, uh, Matthew Baudry, Ronan Darcy, Saidu Khan, Jacob Wakeling, and the young Abu Kanu. So Abu Kanu aside, pretty much all of those guys are going to feature in the in the match day squad next week. It's just a case of finding your eleven, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think it's probably one of those where they're mixing, trying to see as much of um, the players as possible and get legs uh, minutes into the legs again um, with trying to build what should be a competitive team to start the season. I think we have to probably realise that whatever the team that starts the season, it will develop and there'll be changes here and there just as we kind of figure out who's the best player in each position and um, which partnerships work well. But uh, yeah, I, I I would imagine they, they put that out thinking 70% of this is probably what plays on Saturday up in Harrogate um, and the other 30% we're not quite sure and we'll just give... Um, minutes to everyone that we can and, and, and see what happens. So, yeah, it, it's it's good to see it starting to take shape. Probably for the first time, I don't think we've had games until now, at least, uh, where the team that we've put out is one that you would realistically like to see on the opening day of the season. So, it's a step forward. Um, I don't know what you think, Rich, but I feel like this preseason has been mega short, and I know that's partly because the season's starting a week earlier. Um, but it's also just the fact that like we. It, we didn't waste the first week of preseason in terms of um, probably in training, they've done exactly what they wanted to do and built the squad actually seemingly quite quickly um, in, in terms of, I don't, I can't think of a team looking as quite, quite as complete on the eve of the season as it does now. I feel, feel like the, the amount of business that needs to be done in August is less than we usually have to do at the start of the season. Um, however, because we didn't play a proper Swindon team against Melksham, there's, it feels like we've had a couple of weeks of pre-season in terms of fans being able to see games. Uh, so like the fact that this is the last pre-season friendly or the last day of pre-season friendlies until uh, the, the season begins just felt really weird. It's like not it's crept up on me very quickly. Yeah, it, likewise. And I agree completely. So I totally agree that in terms of our squad, I can't remember a time we've felt like we've got the senior team in place bar one two and a couple of loans which is really really good and you know the club should be commended for that and in terms of friendlies alone I think we're on average about three games short than what we would normally have last few seasons we tend to have about eight or nine um, and this season we've had what six and one of those um, was a game full of trialists so yeah, it's interesting that they went down that road and that's because I think they've gone down the road of making them run as opposed to play because as Scott Lindsay said weeks ago, feels like weeks ago, he wanted his players fatigued and we haven't played enough games for it to be in that style. So they've done a lot of running and what if he wanted them fatigued? He sure and how got that against Cardiff because it was a very tired performance. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty in the first hour. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not sort of going to go crazy and, and um, call them out on that, but there were plenty of little errors resulting in goals, getting out muscled, struggling with what Cardiff were doing. And I saw a few fans say Cardiff are going to be well up there next season. I don't think they are. I think it was just a, a slack performance. And then Cardiff made some changes and we managed to get some goals from it. Um, but yeah, it's. It, it, I think they're working them hard 
and not giving them the, the match time because there's been no word of behind the scenes games, has there, in terms of opposition? Um, I don't think. No, not that I've heard, but I, obviously, if it's behind the scenes, then wouldn't necessarily have heard of it. Um, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I feel like the. I've only from Cardiff. I've only seen the goals, and I don't think I've even seen all of the Cardiff goals. But from what I've seen, it it looked like the sort of thing where if you've played a ridiculous amount of games in a short space of time, like I don't know, three games in a six or seven day period, um, and your maybe one of them maybe went into extra time, and then uh, final ten minutes, you just start making sort of tired decisions, and a lot of those things look like that, um, and it then kind of clicked when I heard Scott Lindsay saying, well, this was a, like an intentional choice. It, it, it all clicked. Like it makes sense. Like give, giving them sort of a difficult opponent and difficult circumstances to play the game probably is quite a good level of practice for the season, even though hopefully we'll start in a much more like well-conditioned and um, I don't know, optimal way to win a game of football um, than, than we have been going into the preseason friendlies, but it highlights what's been discussed all along. I feel like, when the the discussion about sort of you know what you want out of preseason and what as a fan you should be expecting out of preseason is uh it's an interesting one but it's also quite a boring one as well in terms of like this is clearly uh like cl- clearly the the point that we've had throughout all of our games in preseason is like make it incredibly hard for the players to sort of do something well in a footballing sense because the the key thing is getting them up to speed for the season um so we're doing things that we won't be doing later on because they need to have that like <clears throat> power and miles and everything in their legs um, to start the season, um, which is probably a good thing. But then you're going to a game as a football fan, not knowing about the process of behind the scenes and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve with the sort of level of conditioning that they're doing. Um, so you're just watching a game by the merits of the football game and then the team aren't performing as you might want for a number of reasons. Sometimes that's like not gelling. Sometimes that's just being tired, like poor individual performances. Sometimes that means, sometimes that might mean something. Usually that won't mean something. And it's interesting because I, I feel like basically we we live in a point now where with social media, you just kind of say what you see. So people will have watched a game. They'll have seen a mistake uh, or they'll have seen something that didn't quite work. There could be any number of reasons for it, but they're not necessarily even commenting on that. They're just commenting on what they've seen. Um, and then yeah, that can be seen as a negative or positive thing, I guess. Um, it, it, yeah, it almost feels like if yeah, if we don't want to, if we're going to run preseason as a training exercise in the way that obviously everyone does, but it feels like they've done it more this time, just in terms of the, the approach to all of the games. I feel like I feel like usually we have a couple of preseason friendlies where we're trying to sort of get a good performance in, uh, which we probably haven't done this year. Um, then yeah. Not that any fans need to know because you know people want the, the clubs want fans through the gate and all of that kind of thing. Um, but the fact that we do kind of know that now, just I feel like it basically just draws a line under everything that anyone said about free season. We're just going to have to go into Harrogate with completely fresh minds and just not thinking about what we've seen the last couple of weeks because I mean, obviously, it's meaningless, it's a friendly, um, but it seems even less meaningless than it would have been over the last couple of years where there have been a couple of friendlies where you start to understand how how the team's coming together and yeah i i I just basically have just been completely nonplussed this weekend (laughs) despite the fact there were two swindling games that i was kind of following what was happening as they were being played yeah i i didn't feel any sort of rage by what was you know a poor performance but you know going into the game I, i knew what 
Lindsay was wanting to do this summer, and <laughs> he got that. How how would we cope in in a tired situation against a half decent team? Which, depending on what they do in midweek before Harrogate, it's an exercise they've executed quite well. And I I, I like your point about like the game that you try and win, like that. I mean, Woking it clicked, but that's not the sort of game we're talking about. It's usually ones against the better opposition, isn't it? Where we give them a good go, and and it's just this feel for this one. This game sort of felt like a big disclaimer. It felt like uh, this isn't for you. You're welcome to attend and watch, but this really, really is for the the Swindon players, and and to see how they cope um, after you know running X K more than they usually do. There's there's no way anyone can predict either way where this is going. You know, some people are sort of feeling a little bit worried. Some people are like. No, no, this is fine. This is all part of the plan. Until we're 10, 20 games in, we just won't know. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where I think you, you, we basically try and read things into what's going on because we want to kind of have an idea about how the preseason is going to go. There's a lot of, un, not the preseason, the actual season. Uh, there's a lot of unfamiliar players that we like. There's no way that you can know, for example, how Clayton is going to be. He's not played a pro game. So how, how are we supposed to work it out? So the only thing we can do is see him play a little bit in pre-season and try and work it out. Maybe listen to the sort of weirdos that watch Liverpool youth football. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, it like we, we want to know. We want to know how Swindon are going to be shaping up the season. Like it's, we we put so much into last season and obviously the people following the club for years and years and years and put in over years and years and years. We want to progress. So we, we, we have something on the line that we want to go up, we want to challenge and we want to see if the team that has been assembled and the, the behind the scenes and on the pitch is going to sort of match up to what we expect um, or at least hope um, is going to be in place for this season. Um, so I can see why we're reading into stuff, but yeah, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? And I think, like, to be honest, I was, I was going to make the point that like you can only judge how good a preseason is in hindsight by seeing like different things like fitness uh, throughout the season and sort of how we sort of build into the season. I guess, like, even then, we can only kind of guess, um, really, because we don't actually know, like, what the exact meaning... Like, if, if we've had a good seat pre-season and then uh, actually just for some reason we're not very good, like, that we don't know, like, where, where that starts and where that ends. Um, or vice versa, you can have a bad pre-season like we had last se- last year and then have a really good season. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a weird one where we've basically lost most of our games in pre-season um, but it, it could be for the best in terms of setting us up for um, a good year on the pitch and um, yeah I'm basically like everyone just uh, would like the season to start so I can start to build oh, my opinion yes. off of our team and our playing staff based on I don't know two to three um, at, at least a, a, a few fo- uh, games of football um, in, in August so that we can start to think oh, are we a good team or are we not because yeah until we're sort of watching it all, we have we have no idea. But yeah, we all want them to be good. So let's hope that let's hope we're set up for a good season now. I would have liked the League Cup to have started or ended on Tuesday night 
before the the season started, like it has done a few times in the last few years, hasn't it? The I think we played Charlton once uh, before the season started in the cup. That rings a bell. But just to get going, because I'm ready, I'm ready for this now. Preseason results really don't matter. Look, in, in 2020, when we were just about to go into League One. We played nine games, won six, drew two, lost one, scored 27 and conceded nine. So, and I'm sure there would have been a lot of EIEIEIO at that stage and, well, that didn't happen. So you really can't read into the results of preseason. It could it could mean, well, it means absolutely nothing. In terms of the big talking points, if, if that's what you want to call it, during the Cardiff game, I guess the first one is... And we've got another year of it, Connor. Who is the number one? So it started with Bryn in goal. And he started all right. And then a slack pass by Harry's uh, resulted in Bryn being left a choice. Either lump it or try and take a touch and calmly move the ball out again. He went with the latter and it went all kinds of wrong, which resulted in Cardiff scoring the first goal. In the second half... Lewis Ward came on. He was fine. He didn't do anything wrong, but Cardiff weren't as aggressive attacking as they were in the first half. So it's it's a bit unfair comparison in my opinion, but there is a strong noise that Lewis Ward starts on Saturday. I it just I I I keep on I keep on highlighting whether it depends on the terms of the loan, but I mean, this is Swindon season, so you've got to pick the right guy and I I mean, I would say Lewis Ward probably deserves. He's done nothing wrong to to start the season on the bench. Yeah, it it would seem weird. I, I don't know enough about Sol Brin uh, to care either way if he like how the loan goes. I like obviously I'd like it to go well because I want things to go well for Swindon. But to be honest, like if he's there to be second choice, I don't really mind. Like at, at this point as well, uh, in terms of the loan aside, because we just don't know what's going to be in them. Like generally speaking, we would be thinking, oh, you don't want a backup goalkeeper on the bench who's alone because you don't want to waste one of your five sub uh, five loan players with a goalkeeper that's not playing. But it doesn't really apply mm-hmm. when you've got two loanees. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, right. it it's one of those things where, yeah, depending on what they've got, it, it's um, it, it it might mean that he is just there to sort of be an understudy and play as and when needed. Maybe they'll rotate a little bit more than they did last season where. It was very much Jojo's the number one, Lewis is the number two, who plays for the like decent amount of games that Jojo's not available for for internationals. Um, and then just after injury and um all of that at the end of the season he sort of picked up the the shirt and then yeah, in in like played well enough to keep the shirt for the for the end of the season. Um he didn't do anything wrong in the final few games to be dropped. So um unless Bryn's a world beater that you would like struggle not to put in the team ahead of him, then it wouldn't really make sense to put him in. He, but he could be. We don't know. Um, I, I I don't watch Queens of the Stone Age or whoever he played for before. So nice. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, there we go. Little dig at Scottish football. Uh, nice. Um, <laughs> Deary me. Oh god. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those ones. I I, I don't know enough about Solbrin. Like I, again, I'm not reading into that clip because. He might be tired. The pass from Harry is tired. Um, it might be the right decision that's come out with the wrong outcome. I know a lot of people want to see us sort of just kick it. Um, that, you know, if that's a weak side of his game, it's also a weak side of Lewis Ward's game. Um, it's the worst bit of his game. Um, that is his kicking and, and general footwork. So, 
uh, at least on the ball. So I, I, yeah, I don't feel strongly either way. Um, I would like to see a bit of Solbrin just so I can work out if I like him or not. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's one of those ones where I, I feel I feel it hard to be exercised either way. I think anyone listening to this podcast is going to be really frustrated with my fence sitting so far. Rich has been 21 minutes of uh, glorious fence sitting, but um, there we go. I just don't know anymore. We just don't know anymore. It's It's been hot this week. Come on, <laughs> leave us alone. Yeah, I mean, Brennan also had a misplaced pass, which led to Cardiff's fourth. And, and many a fan who watched the game referenced how Swindon were much more short at the back when Baudry came on. But I would, I would apply some caution to that. I, I don't necessarily necessarily think Baudry is the answer going into the league season. But if he's playing well, this is me sitting on the fence too. Um, I think he should start the season regardless because I just, I just think you want you you want to sort of start with sort of as close to a sure thing as you've got and I don't know much about Brennan. Um, the stuff that I, I think I know about Harry's is not necessarily the most positive. Just just from like what I'd seen about Bristol Rovers, I'm sure uh, that there's a player there and hopefully he can kind of come out that he can show like what he's about sort of over a longer period of time, um, but. I think if you look at, I also don't really know much about McDonald, but if you look at his profile, you look at Baudry's profile, um, that seems like the sort of a good sort of unit to begin the season with, with like them two and one other sort of start to blood one of the younger defenders because obviously you've got Clayton or uh, Harry's still not old. He's kind of mid-20s, isn't he? And then um, Brennan as well. Um, it, it, that seems like a good like learning experience for like the younger one of the three um if, if you do have Baudry and, and um, McDonald together so I think I feel that I feel like that's what I would like to do and you know we like he was good at the end of last season so it feels like a sure thing compared to like players that we don't know about is there not a potential pace issue at the back I, I mean I guess so it depends on the wing backs you play as well how they're yeah. playing depends on how the midfield is set up um, I don't don't know how quick McDonald is. I don't know if he's like really slow or considered. Hard to tell in the first game. Yeah, considered quick, but wouldn't wouldn't have thought he's like a slouch. Um, I mean, you got to think we we finished the season last year with a back two, well, two centre backs of Baudry and Conroy, neither of whom are quick, um, but that worked out pretty well. So as long as you play the right game with the players around them and everything like that, then I'm I'm not too concerned. And also, if we're playing the back three, which we expect to play, then the third of the centre-backs can be the pacier one. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we, we'll we wait and see. But I, I'm, I wouldn't be concerned about that at this point. OK, Let, let's stick with Angus McDonald because, of course, he signed this week. We didn't do a, another pod in midweek. Apologies for that. There just wasn't enough, really. Um, and we felt that just wait until the games were played. Uh, former England Youth International uh, also played... Uh, England C in non-league, started with Reading, plenty of local loans, played uh, permanently with Salisbury, then Torquay, then rocketed up the divisions from National League up to the Championship where he had a good first season with Barnsley. His uh, performances at Barnsley earned him a move to Hull, um, but injuries and illness really um, got in the way of his progress there. And he's 
just had a couple of seasons at Rotherham. The general consensus here is this is a very important signing for Swindon. It's exactly what we were looking for and nobody can really have complaints of where he's been recently and and what he might be able to do. And I think given him the armbands, although in modern days it's not really relevant, is it? But I'd rather he have it than, than say, Louis Reed or Ben Gladwin because that just allows them to just get on with playing their game. Yeah, um, it, it seems like a really, really good signing in terms of like a lot of good experience to have. Um, still, like a fair bit of mileage, hopefully, to go in the game as well. So it, it, it's not like he's going to be sort of thinking about former glories. Like there's still more that he'll want to achieve in his career. Um, I'd be interested to see if this is something that we'd have looked at if the um, Sol Bamba move had uh, had come off. But uh, I guess that's by the by now because that 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 fell apart a while ago now. Um, but yeah, I, like. I don't know a huge amount about him because surprisingly I don't watch a huge amount of Yorkshire clubs in the championship. Um, but to play at good clubs in the championship um, seems like good experience um, to have. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's the sort of thing where basically if you just look at all of the stuff on paper, um, it's hard to pick a fault in the signing. And that, that kind of just seeing that happen, just kind of like put my expectation up that tiny little notch a bit further that, hopefully on paper this this squad is getting stronger and stronger yeah a few a few pluses i mean there were various negative moments in this game but let's not dwell on it because of what it was a, f- a friendly um it was good to see wakelin score maybe perhaps fortunate but he worked hard he's worked hard all pre-season from what i've seen and read of him so it was good to see him and i really I, I kind of really want him to 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 come good tyree shade shady whatever he also put in a good performance and, and earned his goal. I didn't see much of Adeloy. I, I saw a few people compliment him because he looked sort of strong up there, but it was a big difference. Adeloy looked keen and McCurdy looked like McCurdy when he doesn't get the ball, which always looked a little bit disinterested, but he did that last season, even if he'd got two or three goals in the game. So uh, not reading much into that. They did get into the game as, as it progressed. It was just done by the time we can make any sort of uh, dent at Cardiff's defence. But yeah, I, I like the look of Shade and I hope Wakeling comes in. I'm still not convinced that he'll he'll get much to start with, but he's doing exactly what you want from a player in pre-season. Yeah, and if if he's kind of going to start the season in a bit part role and, and does well, like that that means he'll have to do well and hopefully he will. Um, he definitely seems to be the one that like, People are mentioning quite a lot of the sort of more attacking players. Um, I've only seen him at Melksham, so uh, hard to really say that much about the sort of short cameo he had there. And um, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see some more of him. Um, it does feel like we're probably still a little bit short up front, just in terms of there seems to be a lot of potential there. But, you know, aside from McCurdy, maybe not quite the proven name that, that we might want. Um, so yeah hopefully they're working on that we don't need to start the season without like we're at the point where the the squad is now like ready to start the season and um, probably we just need to bring in a couple of sort of players to just bring it to the next level and and that's you don't have to rush into those kind of things now um, which which is a good thing so um, yeah it'd be nice to see Wakeling play be nice to see Adeloy play and just work out what I think about them as players um I'm sure, like between the first game of the season and then the EFL Cup um, on the the following Tuesday, there'll be a lot of time to make our impressions very soon. 
Lovely. Okay, then. So we all watch Cardiff, but not you, Connor. <laughs> um, you you travelled to see Swindon play the 3pm kickoff on the same day at Worthing. Didn't go to plan for Swindon's young players. A 5-1 loss with Jake Robinson scoring a hat-trick and Ollie Pierce getting a brace. But Harry Parsons scored the rebound from a penalty he missed um, to get Swindon's only goal of the game. Connor, what can you tell me about it? Who were, who was playing? What were the vibes? What was the food like? Go. Um, well, to start with, food was pretty good. Um, had some very decent footy scran um, of a burger. Um, the selection of uh, beers at the ground was quite nice as well. Um, had a nice um, sort of Goose Island pale ale on the go at various points of the afternoon, which is always a nice way to spend it. Uh, in terms of the team, um, there are some that I didn't quite recognise, but I think if just off the top of my head, um, I think we had uh, Minturn at the back, Hart, um, Fox uh, in midfield. There was obviously Aguiar, who I, I guess like was the reason for the game um, next to Dwarzak. Um, Cal Meadow was there. Dabre was there. Um, Massey and Parsons were there. And then in the second half, um, can't remember if I recognised any of the players. And the, there are a couple of players I didn't quite recognise either, which I believe may have been trialists. Um, but yeah, maybe more trialists for the youth team than for the first team. Uh, but yeah, it was um, it was a nice afternoon. The game was okay. I, I think until um, Worthing went two goals up, it was a fairly decent contest going both ways. Um, you could just see that it was a, a men's team against the younger team, though, just in terms of the goals that were being scored were very, very simple. I think one was just a long ball down the middle, uh, which wasn't dealt with. Um, but that's just going to happen, isn't it? When <laughs> you've got sort of a big striker um, sort of getting about and you're maybe not the most organised. Um, weirdly, the the penalty that we got, I don't know how it was a penalty. I think it was, I think it was Cal Meadow that kind of nipped in um, and went down, but I think it was more that he tripped and, um, there was a defender near him and the referee just gave it. There was, there was about a five, ten minute spell where the Worthing fans were getting very confused at some of the mistakes that were made because there was also very shortly after like a, a last man challenge that was made that was somehow given as a foul the other way. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I think I think there, there were positive signs, even though the result were, was bad. But I just also think, like given the team that was out, you just don't really read much into the result and you're just trying to look at what... Um, the players are doing and yeah Aguiar looked obviously just too good for the for the level um, at various points um, Massey looked very sharp I thought um, for, the, for the bits where he was on didn't get a huge amount of the ball but his movement was pretty good um, Parsons was like trying very hard to get everywhere on the pitch like he just seemed to be popping up everywhere um, but not to the greatest of effects and I think he, he tried a few sort of decent passes there's one into Massey which um, I think was was very very nice, but um, yeah, that the first half was was entertaining to watch. Second half, like once they started check, like weakening an already weak team, um, and then um, yeah, Worthing sort of also started to weaken their team. Um, it it I lost interest, I have to say, um, but yeah, it was a nice evening out. What what else do you want from preseason? So Worthing are. Uh... National League South now. So some of these players, especially the more fringe senior ones, will be looking for loan moves. Did they look... I mean, you said Aguiar looked 
way ahead of everyone else in terms of that. Well, you didn't say everyone else, but you said he was well ahead of, of Worthing's level. Were there any players that you think should should be on loan higher but didn't look out of place at that? Do you think these are National League South sort of players that will be sending out on loan? Do you think that's the sort of level that they're going to be at? Or do you think there's still hope that we can get them into the National League? It's hard to say, isn't it? As well, I don't know if they had also trained in the same way that the seniors had done of being like absolutely knackered and therefore not being able to sort of play quite as well as they might have otherwise done. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I think it's probably more that like just structurally as a team, they're a team that would lose five, five, one, but maybe there are some individual individually, if you were to take them out and put them into a decent team, um, they would be, be really good. So um, I yeah, it's hard to say. I feel like the majority of the players that I named, like they could very easily go into a team at that level. And um, if around other sort of players that may be a little bit more senior should would be able to do quite well, um, I'd be interested to see what Minturn could do at the level up in the Conference National or, na- or National League, um, whatever it's called now. It seems to change all the time. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Minton can do. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Calmeadow could get a higher level, maybe Massey, maybe Parsons. I think a couple of them probably are good enough to sort of have a bit of a fringe part in our squad this season. So I don't know whether that's going to be like better than going out to sort of um, some levels. And it, it might just be different from player to player. But you take, for example, like Aguiar has already played a lot of football, is very talented, obviously has the new contract. be interesting to see if they think can we get him out to the conference or even lower league two, maybe like the, the terrible league two teams and see what happens. Um, or if he's actually played quite a lot of football, so maybe it's just better to keep him around the squad in training with us and playing maybe 20, 25 games um, as and when he's available or needed. Um, whereas with someone like Dabre, where he still seems to sort of seem to need a little bit more football to become a footballer than just like loaning him out to a decent-ish level um, for half a year and seeing what where he is in January might be the best course of action. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. But um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, um, I'm not a very good talent scout. So uh, I don't I don't know sort of where a lot of the Sunderland players are going to be. I'm just waiting for you to tell me who the terrible League 2 teams are. Um, I can't think of who's in League 2 anymore. Um <laughs> I'm sure Grimsby will be terrible, even though they come up. You know, is that is there that a bad go. take? Okay. No, I don't know. No idea. I just was curious to to hear what you said. So, as you mentioned, Agua has signed a three year contract. My first reaction was, well, he goes on a season long now. Which is that unfair? Because he was pretty damn good early into that moment where we had to bring him back and play him, and then he did fade, which was more than understandable. Am I being you know harsh to just think he hasn't got a place in in the in the first? So not necessarily the first 11, but certainly as a, a used substitute on a regular basis? Or do you think now he's got the three-year deal, the comfort that maybe a full season elsewhere where he plays 46 times will benefit everyone? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the teams that would actually do him good to play in are probably good enough that we, like if he's going to play in their teams, he might as well play in ours. Um, in terms of like, you, you would want him to go to either a good conference team, like not a bad conference team where he's just going to play against like okay conference players, um, or I, I, I feel I feel like he like from my, from my perspective, like we have five subs this year as well. Um, I think he 
that is comfortably good enough to be on the bench and coming on for 20 minutes on a regular basis and then when you when you do that then um that that you can get into the team based on injuries suspensions um, or actually just like being in better form than other players so um, I would keep him around, but I can I can see the logic about sending him out alone. I just I think it'd be interesting to see like what kind of club actually wants to bring him in for the first team to play forty six games, and is also like a good fit in terms of stylistic and um, <coughs> in terms of yeah stylistic and obviously just like actually being good enough for it to be good experience. Because I think at this point. He he's played a lot of football. He doesn't need to grow into like playing senior football. Uh, what he needs is probably, you know, th- those kind of performances to sort of break out and and become a name that people want to see on the team sheet every week. So I feel like he can probably do it with us. Um, but yeah, maybe he'll be one of those that just isn't. Yeah, maybe it's worth just sending him out on loan. But I I, I don't know. I, I would keep him here. Yeah, I guess the big comparison really. And some have said similar is LSI Andalo, who never had that loan move away for more than just ability reason and and use reason. It was mainly because of injury, I would say, in those early years, but almost certainly would have benefited from something before then. We just have to see. I mean, I, I like Ricky Agua and I'm over the moon that he's committed for so long. Congratulations to him. But uh, it does seem feels like an opportunity to send him out but we'll, we'll soon find out I think I think that's pretty much all we need to talk about isn't it Connor other than you know I'm sure we'll preview the season ahead at some point this week but you feeling okay you feeling optimistic uh yeah I think it's one of those ones in in terms of like what we've seen over pre-season I don't have an opinion really uh, as we kind of mentioned before um I feel like the squad building has gone fairly well so far um, and a lot of my positivity is I think that there's still a little bit to go um, in terms of I, f- I think they're they're getting to hopefully bring, bringing in the big hitters. That's based on nothing at all other than um, we don't need any more bulk to the squad. We kind of sorted our depth and we can now kind of try and push the level up a little bit, um, which should do everyone a lot of good in, in terms of developing the younger players, and that's what they want. Uh, so it seems like what they're talking about, what they want to do, and what they're trying to and what they're actually doing, like so far it seems to match up. I feel like the the season's going to be a slow burn regardless of if it's going to be a successful or an unsuccessful one. I think we might we might have some teething in the first sort of few months of the season. I feel like, you know, based on what we've seen over pre-season, that doesn't seem unfair either even if I'm my whole point is that I'm trying not to base my opinions of the the season on what we've seen so far. Um but yeah, I I think there's a, there's enough sort of green shoots that we've seen so far to suggest that um, once everyone beds in um, and once we kind of get a nucleus of a team sort of set up and that we know that they play well together, um, then like yeah, hopefully we'll be watching some more good football at the county ground and um, enjoying uh, a good season for Swindon. But yeah, all remains to be seen. All remains to be seen. Well, here we go again. The new season is speeding up towards us at quite a rate. But until then, Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening.
Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 